Hello, and welcome to the Major League Nutrition Podcast. Today, we bring you the newest Operation Nutrition segment. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Nicole Chenard. As you know, I'm an award-winning registered dietitian with an extensive research background working on getting you better access to the truth about nutrition and wellness. I want to celebrate some news with you today as well. Villanova University's Center for Obesity Prevention and Education has just informed me that I'm an inaugural winner of the COPE Feeding the Need Developing Solutions Award, which recognizes individuals and nonprofit service agencies who have identified a need in their communities and have taken steps to address it. This is due to my work on this podcast, which is one of my solutions to being able to connect health education to people who have inconsistent lifestyles, travel a lot, and need to be able to access information on the go, and also for educating healthcare providers and healthcare lawmakers about the undeniable relationship between food and health that I've been working on with Harvard Law School's Center for Health Law and Policy Innovation as part of the Provider Nutrition Education Referral Task Force. I have to give this incredible team a shout out. Everyone on the team is absolutely amazing and my kind of problem solvers. All right, without further ado, I join you today with one of my amazing interns from Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, Massachusetts, Madison McFarland, who you may recognize from the Supplement Red Flags episode, as well as the Major League Nutrition Instagram account. In this episode, Madison and I will be debunking some of the most common questions we have been asked as nutrition experts, because guess what? The internet has any answer you want it to have, but that doesn't mean it's accurate. In today's episode, we'll bring you a variety of great information you never knew you needed to know about sleep and how it impacts your health, offering you the knowledge you need to not only perform well, but live well, and most importantly, get a little sense of connection back. So you might be thinking, what actually goes on when we are sleeping? Or more importantly, how can I get better sleep? Well, you're in the right place because we have some sleep tips for you today. Madison and I are going to give you a little dose of science and then some take-home tips that you can start using today so that you can start performing better in all aspects of life now. Hello, hello, Nicole, and thank you so much for having me back and for the wonderful introduction. Hello, everyone. This is Madison here. We have a ton of fascinating and important info for you today about sleep, so let's get right into it. That's right, Madison. According to the CDC, Center for Disease Control, one-third of Americans have reported not getting a healthy amount of sleep, which is a minimum of seven hours a night. Sleep plays an integral role in our immune system function, our heart and our brain health, our appetite and our weight control, our muscle building and recovery, our stress levels and our mood regulation. Sleep quantity and quality impacts us entirely, including our ability to make healthy decisions throughout our waking hours, like choosing to snack on an apple instead of an energy drink. Right. As I was doing my sleep research, I thought it was interesting to learn that less than seven hours of sleep for three nights in a row has the same effect on the body as missing one entire night of sleep. So that sounds pretty damaging. 
I've been thinking a lot about how the COVID-19 pandemic has been affecting our sleep, especially since you mentioned in one of our recent meetings that you've been delivering nutrition and sleep presentations for businesses working on improving their employee wellness. What kind of information do you cover in these 60-minute sessions? Great question, Madison, as always. Well, we get into a lot of different tips and information surrounding sleep and nutrition. We do start off with going over nutrient gaps that can impact sleep, hormones that impact and are affected by sleep, coronasomnia, sleep hygiene, and how to integrate simple, easy approaches for improved nutrient intake to maximize sleep and overall health, including the latest research around successful nutrient dosing with nutrients like omega-3s and magnesium, and also potential interactions and conflicting information that may prevent good sleep hygiene. Oh my goodness. I must say, I certainly relate to the coronasomnia or COVID-somnia. When the pandemic first hit, I was doing most of my work in bed. I know that they say you should only be using your bed for sleeping, but I lived in a small apartment and didn't have any options. I started to have trouble sleeping without any transition from work time to downtime, and I will say that definitely played a role in increasing my already elevated stress levels as I was in college. Oh, poor Madison. (laughs) (laughs) That is rough. I can relate. And exactly, regular, adequate, quality sleep is absolutely critical for our hormones to be able to do what they need to do, which is why one of the major aspects we will get into here is hormone regulation as well as dysregulation. A lack of adequate sleep dysregulates the myriad of hormones that are critical to metabolic function and can end up contributing to an increased risk of developing preventable and costly nutrition-related disease, such as obesity, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, as well as anxiety and depression. For example, different important changes are happening during the different sleep stages. You've probably heard of or seen on a sleep tracker, if you have one like Fitbit or Whoop or the Aura Ring or Apple Watch or Garmin, that it will show you how long you were in certain sleep stages. The slow wave stage is the stage prior to REM, aka rapid eye movement sleep. During this stage, the stress hormone cortisol increases and then it decreases while you are in the REM stage. Therefore, if someone is not getting enough REM sleep, their cortisol levels may not end up in a healthy place, contributing to metabolic dysfunction and increased stress. If you're not sure how much REM sleep you're getting, a good place to start is to start wearing a tracking device like a Fitbit watch while you sleep. When you wake up, you can check the app. I do this all the time. It gives you great tips that you can use right away. And it will show you a breakdown of your deep sleep, your light sleep, and your REM sleep, which are all important. And it will also give you a breakdown of how many minutes you were awake and what your sleep score is. Over time, you can get a great idea of what is helping or hindering your sleep by looking at the trends. This is really helpful for people like me who are helping individuals figure out how to improve their health. And over time, you can get a really great idea of what is going to help you by looking at these trends. Sleep dysfunction shares common pathways with the stress system 
via the HPA axis activation on the metabolic dysfunction. This puts in an extended, unnatural, unsustainable state of fight or flight mode, which directly impacts fat accumulation, heart health, and muscle repair, as well as our problem-solving capabilities. Wait, what is the HPA axis? Good question. The HPA axis is the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. It's a complex set of direct influences and feedback interactions among three components. The hypothalamus, which is in the brain, the pituitary gland, which is located directly underneath the hypothalamus and is the control center of hormone release, and the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands are small pyramid-shaped structures located on top of both kidneys. The adrenal glands produce hormones that help regulate your metabolism, your immune system, blood pressure, response to stress, and other essential functions. And the hypothalamus is a messenger, a relay messenger that sends the hunger and thirst messages that can sometimes get mixed up, actually. All right, roger that. No wonder adrenal fatigue is such a hot topic. Now you have me thinking. Sleep is a time for our bodies to store memories, repair cells, and flush out toxins. On that, I would love to include how our brains basically clear themselves of toxins while we are asleep through the glymphatic system. I learned about this system for the first time on another podcast featuring a neurologist, Then when I looked further into it, I found that the first study to show this in humans actually came out of Boston University. Wow, that is fascinating. I wonder if our listeners know about our body's own natural detox systems, which are free, by the way. And of course, when we're resting, we're digesting. That's the parasympathetic nervous system at work, which is the opposite of fight or flight mode. I'm going to have to look into this podcast you found. Good find, Madison. BU has a great nutrition department and anatomy and traumatic brain injury labs. I didn't know, though, that they had so much great info about neurology. What was the name of that neurology professor? I need to know more because the nervous system is becoming more and more critical to all of my research, and it cannot be overlooked. Absolutely. The podcast that discusses the glymphatic system is something that I found via the National Academy of Sports Medicine. And it featured Dr. Jamie Tarter, who is a neuroscientist and actually a Harvard Medical School grad. The professor's article from BU is published in a journal called Science. It was published in 2019, and it's called Coupled Electrophysiological Hemodynamic and Cerebrospinal Fluid Oscillations in Human Sleep. (laughs) Say that 10 times fast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that I will do that. (laughs) Definitely, (laughs) definitely a mouthful to say the least. Absolutely. Um, But that, yeah, that's, that stresses me out thinking about saying that a billion times. But Mm -hmm. speaking of stress, I think it's also interesting to consider how stress and cortisol in particular impact the composition of the gut microbiota, which is the community of bacteria living in our bellies. And furthermore, how a lack of sleep also makes us more likely to choose high fat or high calorie and low nutrient, low fiber foods, which can further negatively impact the gut microbiome. This is so interesting to me because our guts actually have the ability to talk to our brains through the gut brain axis. And when there are alterations in our microbiota, it can actually trigger the nervous system 
and nutrition-related dysregulations such as IBS, anxiety, depression, and so on. Mm, How interesting and important it is to know how these systems all intertwine. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times my patients have complained to me that their doctor didn't understand the connection between one system and another and they just got passed around the medical system like like a baton so thank you and I can relate to that as well that it's a very frustrating thing to have this not acknowledge that everything is connected so thank you for touching on the fact that all of these systems affect one another as you mentioned we're more likely to search for and consume high calorie and low nutrient foods and beverages when we are sleep deprived and also at night when our inhibitions naturally decline. A lack of sleep causes a ruckus of hormone imbalances. Another example of this lies in the hormones controlling hunger and fullness. When you don't get enough sleep, the hunger hormone ghrelin, which is the hormone that tells you that you're hungry when it's released, it increases and the fullness hormone leptin, its opposer, decreases when you don't get enough sleep. How does this translate into something we can wrap our heads around? Well, for example, research has shown that people who don't get enough sleep end up eating or drinking an average of 400 extra calories a day compared to those who got the adequate sleep. That means some people were averaging an extra 500 calories a day, which is the exact amount of calories that will cause a weight gain of one pound per week. Multiply that by 52 weeks and you have a weight gain of 52 pounds in a year. Right. It's so important for people to remind themselves that it's not just about willpower. It is extremely difficult to make healthy choices when you're sleep deprived. Hormone shifts caused by that deprivation typically end up in reducing anabolic hormones like testosterone which results in impaired muscle protein synthesis as well as impaired fat metabolism. This can all have such a huge effect on post-exercise recovery and performance. Absolutely. They say you can't outrun your diet. Well, you can't meet your weight and performance goals sleep deprived. We're going to have to come up with a a catchier way to say that. (laughs) Yeah, we will work on that. (laughs) So yeah, we will definitely work on that, listeners. Or maybe you can all send us suggestions. That would be even more helpful. Okay, so back to the importance of having balance between training sessions and physical recovery. Muscle soreness from workouts can also contribute to negatively impacting sleep in regards to our inflammation response. Inflammatory cytokines, or the chemicals that cause inflammation in our body, rise when we get four hours or less of good quality sleep. Right, and the inflammatory response is involved with our immune system. So what else can you tell us about that? Well, the inflammation is actually the immune system's response to harmful stimuli. For example... Too many damaged cells and too much acid buildup, which naturally occurs with exercise. Interestingly enough, one study showed that a sporadic sleep schedule of four hours a night for six days, followed by 12 hours a night for seven days, resulted in a greater than 50% decrease in production of antibodies to the flu vaccine in comparison with subjects who had regular sleep schedules, which explains how important sleep is to the immune system. And when I do corporate wellness presentations on nutrition and sleep, 
We explain this in a lot more detail with some excellent visual aids. I highly recommend it. I am with you. I recommend that as well. This all makes so much sense. It seems that when I'm stressed or anxious about something big, I have trouble sleeping. And then that lack of sleep at night leads to drowsiness during the day. But then I don't feel tired once it's time to sleep at night. Then I typically start to get sick, and I always know that this is coming, but I have a hard time nipping it in the bud soon enough because, as we all know, life happens. It does, and it does to all of us. Sometimes we do lose control, but recognizing and being conscious of that can be pretty powerful. We are all human. We know slips are going to happen, and we can plan for them whenever possible because I know a lot of our listeners have work schedules that don't allow for regular sleep schedules, we do need a routine for good sleep hygiene. Doing our best to establish a regular sleep schedule can be a critical step in helping us avoiding the negative effects that a lack of sleep can result in. Many chemicals like amino acids from protein, enzymes, nutrients, and hormones, as we mentioned, promote good sleep and regulate the sleep cycle. They don't call it the circadian rhythm for no reason. Rhythm, by definition, is a regular repeated pattern of sounds or movements, or a regular repeated pattern of events, changes, activities, etc. Interestingly enough, the circadian rhythm was first documented by a French scientist at the beginning of the 18th century. In the leaves of plants, he observed a 24-hour periodicity in the opening-closing cycles that was retained when the plant was kept in the dark. Similar research led to our primary understanding of the cycle we now know so well, the circadian rhythm. Light is the main timer that regulates the free-running cycle and synchronizes mammalian internal clocks with the environmental time. Light modulates retinal inputs at the central nervous system level. So what you're saying is, the takeaway here is, if you're looking at your phone, your TV, your tablet, a computer screen or anything that has lights on in the hour or two before you're trying to sleep, you're actually interfering with that really important sleep system. Exactly. Thus, the key here is not just consistency in your sleep and exercise and eating schedule, but turn those screens off at least one to two hours before bed. Seriously, these screens are really messing with our hormones, our immune system, and our ability to feel good. If you can't sleep, look at anything but a screen and invest in a cozy eye mask. Eye masks, for me, make the biggest difference in the world when I'm trying to sleep because any bit of light will keep me up. Okay, enough about my sleep habits. Back to you, Madison. Did you come across any of these hormones that require consistency to function best in your research? Actually, yes, I have jotted down a few. Ooh, let's hear it. All right, so growth hormone, melatonin, thyroid stimulating hormone, Cortisol, leptin, and ghrelin levels, as we mentioned, are highly correlated with sleep and circadian rhythmicity. Then there's also insulin and adiponectin, which play huge roles in metabolism. Even our sex hormones like testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone are impacted by sleep. In fact, a decrease in sleep can result in a decrease in testosterone levels. Now, these are just a few, but I'm sure there's plenty more. Yes, there's actually more, but we are running out of time. Thank you for looking into that. Of course. So I'm just going to reemphasize the significance of the circadian rhythm. 
And we can dive into the nutrients and other hormones that are affected by sleep in another episode as soon as our listeners are ready to take notes on the rest of the list. Just so you know, listeners, we have several nutrition episodes in the queue, but Madison and I both work full-time, so we thank you for your patience. And thank you again, Madison, for doing all this wonderful research on top of your insanely packed internship (laughs) schedule. I know it's like there's so much information at once. It's a lot of work. And I want you to know that you teach me something every time we plot podcast topics together. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on again. It's always amazing creating these podcast episodes with you. They ignite my curiosities on topics that I absolutely love learning about to begin with. So it's kind of an excuse to dive even deeper. I always learn so much from you as well. And I'm definitely looking forward to talking more about the involvement of nutrients and hormones in sleep and all of the other amazing topics on our list. Always a pleasure. Thanks again, listeners, for reaching out after the last episode to get more info about supplements and specific trends in weight management. My inboxes went nuts with listener questions, which just showed us that the topics were relevant. Thank you for requesting more episodes that make Madison and I so happy and pleased with our work. There is more coming soon. We hope you learned a little bit more about how important nutrition, sleep, and exercise are for each other. The grand trifecta. We hope you get a great night's sleep tonight. As always, send feedback and questions to admin at majorleagueNutrition.com. Reach out and connect to us on social media at Major League Nutrition or MajorLeagueNutrition.com. The contact info as well as today's show notes will be in the description of this podcast episode. Thank you for listening and stay healthy.